Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, tech somehow snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. It feels weird saying it the correct way instead of the backwards way because tech almost blew a game against Rice and then somehow still won it anyway. Almost doesn't count. Yeah, and also almost or tried kind of tried to blow the game against UTEP, too. So, man, what a weird well, week. But almost yeah, two close count. calls. Maybe 2023 is the year of the Bulldog. It isn't. And this is the year that we just end up winning all the games we usually tend to lose. No. I'll okay. take it. We wait. Hey, it, go to the con- until proven otherwise, let's just go with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sample size of two. We therefore, are, <laughs> we are winning the Natty. Yes. Exactly. And every Obviously. sport, I guess. Sure, yeah, this not? week is a pretty good week for the Bulldogs. Two wins against two teams that, I mean, especially Rice was pretty good and continues probably to be pretty good throughout the rest of the year. Right. UTEP had beat us already this year in, on their home court. And the fact that we were able to come away with a 2-0 and record this week, outside of jokes about how good we'll be in 2023, makes me feel good about this team right now. Yeah, especially the victory against Rice. A lot of, a lot of crap at the end of that game. Including the Man. the the non-functioning clock buzzer beater Rice had to get it into overtime. Yeah, let's jump uh, into this game real quick so ugh. we can discuss that a little bit more in detail. Uh, yeah, this game with an exciting finish also started with quite a bit of excitement as both teams started hot. Neither team could get too much of a lead because both teams couldn't stop scoring. Eventually, going into halftime, Tech held a one-point lead, forty-one to forty. Rice kept up that hot shooting in the second half, but the Bulldogs finally went cold as the Owls built a 54-45 lead with 15 minutes left. Both defenses started to clamp down and force more missed shots, but Tech was able to cut the lead to three with six minutes left. Isaiah Crawford hits a three to tie. Rice hits a three to retake the lead, then Isaiah hits another three to tie with less than four minutes left. Kobe gets a steal and a dunk. Rice ties again with 29 seconds left. Bleeding the clock to try to get the final shot, Quandre Bullock waits until three seconds left to pull up for a three-pointer, and he hits it. 69-66 to 66 Bulldogs, and Rice only has time for a desperation shot. Travis Evie kind of gets off an awkward three-point shot that goes in. Yeah, it was like a half-court, like barely over the half-court line. Definitely should not have gone in. Yeah, and not even a good shooting form kind of thing. It was a heave in the direction of the bucket and hope for the best, and I guess... Well, the clock, all you need. Uh, the clock wasn't running on that play, and Rice's coach looked like he was about to physically assault one of the referees. That guy, they, I, I don't know. I don't even know that guy's name. It's like Mike something, I think. But that that coach is such a goon, man. Yeah, I just definitely, like definitely. He hasn't reached a pretty bitch plateau that Talvin Hester has. But uh, Scott Para, I think a couple years ago oh, we yeah. said that he looked like an owl. What if he does look like an owl? I wonder if he's related to Joe. And he was yelling who a bunch too a a year or two (laughs) ago, which was, that's how I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. that was a great tweet. Who? Yeah, he's a, (laughs) a which I mean is pertinent given the owls, you know, rice owls. Oh man. uh, Yeah. The the clock wasn't even running. So the officials had to get, I guess, a stopwatch or something to time it to make sure it was valid. They went back to the table to look at the replay and, and timed it to see if it took less than 2.9 seconds, and it did. The Rice yeah. coach was upset, I believe, because they thought they were going to have to redo wave the whole play. Off. Yeah, wave it off. Oh, yeah. That would be so... And and then I don't really blame him for that. At the same time, it was the Rice home court, and in overtime, there was another issue with the clock as well. It's just what's happening at the Tudor Fieldhouse. 
I don't know, but the clock management needed a tutor. Mm, I thought you were going to go with like the English ruling family there, not the, uh, <laughs> not to anyway. Okay. Well, two um, things. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I was yeah, just saying there was a history joke there, but you went you went with the tutor oh, instead of tutor. Anyway. Wordplay. Well, Trump. it wasn't. It was not overtime at the Windsor Palace. It was only overtime in Houston, Ooh. Texas. Tech built out a pretty decent lead in overtime, up to six points at one point. But then with forty seconds left, Evie hits a three. The same guy who tied it at the end of regulation to make it a one point game again, eighty one to eighty. But then an and-one opportunity by Isaiah Crawford gets Tech three points, then some clutch shooting uh, at the free-throw line by Draven Magnum closes this game out, and Tech wins 88-82. to Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it was really nice to see Tech come out in that overtime period, um, shot from six for eight from the field, two for two from three, and then hitting most of their free-throws. They did miss two in the overtime period, but down the stretch, um, you know, when you, when you had to have them, Draven Magnum, did hit those final two to really put it out of reach. And that was great to see. Best thing I thought was the fact that they had the, the fortitude to continue. I mean, I would have been deflated like, Oh, come oh, yeah. on, man. Really? They tie it, but they did a good job. Like you said, the showed a lot of fortitude to get, the, get it done in overtime and come away with the dub. Yeah. It was the first home loss of the season for rice. Like we said, they were a pretty good team and have beaten some pretty good teams at home as well. Um, but it was also Tech's first overtime win since January 24th, 2019. Uh, oh, no. They had lost wow. four straight overtime games. One a year, except this year. Yeah. I see that, uh, wow, Hunt <laughs> Kenny went nine for ten. God. Yeah, I, I saw um, Kane McGuire had a tweet about Kenny. Let me pull that up real quick. And eight rebounds as well. Not bad. Max Fiedler on the roof had 14 boards. Holy crap. Yeah, so Kenny Hunter has been big for the Bulldogs as of late, especially against Rice last night where he scored a career-high 18 points on 9 of 10 shooting. Over the last eight games, he is shooting 82.9% from the field. What an animal. I mean, part of that is because they just forget where he's at on the floor and he just gets an alley-oop dunk, which is great. Uh, But yeah, I mean... Shoot, if Kenny Hunter continues this trajectory, I mean, he's going to be a really, really good player for Tech. You know, he already is yeah. in certain games. It's just not as consistent as I think we'd like it to be well, so Kenny, far. Kenny came off the bench, and there were three Bulldogs with the same leading score total here. Uh, Keiston, Kenny, and Kobe uh, all had 18 points. Kobe came off the bench for this one? It's got them all. Yeah, there's been off the bench. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a few games this year where that's been the case, either disciplinary reasons or, uh, oh, or for whatever it. reason, but it, he's it's been getting of, his minutes. I think that's yeah, what matters. Kind of stupid because he had 41 minutes. The only person who had yeah. more was Keaston with 42. So but that's one of those things that makes me doubt the lineup chart tweet that, uh, the stats account puts out, even though that was broken for a different reason on this game. I was like, okay, I know it's wrong. Cause why is Kobe not starting? Oh, Kobe didn't start. Right. Well, Kobe had eight dishes too, to go with 18 uh, points. And yeah, great, great game from I've him had, as well. But this is what I talked about at the beginning of the season. I wanted to see a lot of spreading the ball around. Uh, Evie, Travis Evie had almost 30 of Rice's 82 points, but we have three guys with 18 points. What is that? You know, that's what, 50, 54 of the total points spread around three guys. And then Isaiah had yeah. 13 and uh, Mangum had nine. And that's not bad. Yeah, with Kenny yeah. Hunter, you mentioned a second ago too. It, it becomes even more important because of some important transfer news this week. David Green is leaving the program. And so we have to rely on our other tall players. And 
Kenny Hunter has become the real deal. And even though he's got three inches on David Green, David Green looked bigger than what he was at times. And I'm just happy that Kenny Hunter is the one that's staying. Yeah, (laughs) shout out to Kenny from Freeport. Went to Huntington High School, I believe. So shout out to Kenny. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I don't I don't know why David Green is leaving the program, but, you know, we have a first year head coach who we've seen will, you know, enact disciplinary measures that you wouldn't expect. Right. I, I don't remember a time when our starting point guard was forced to miss a game for, you know, nothing like no, no off the court stuff. That's like he's getting in trouble with the police or anything, but just like, I don't know what it is, but he he's violating team rules is what we're told. So, you know, he's had to, he's had to miss out on his, you know, on starting, he's had to miss a game. Um, I think it was like, whatever the first Jarvis Christian game we played was, but you know, I don't know if that's why David Green is leaving the program, but it doesn't surprise me that someone is leaving the program um, given, you know, what we've heard about what Talvin Hester demands of his players. So, you know, best of luck to to David Green. He, he was a, a good bulldog while he was here. Um, hope he can land on his feet somewhere. Yeah, hopefully the grass is greener on the other side of the transfer portal. Yeah, anything else to talk about this rice game before we move forward? Yeah, the only thing I, I'd like to mention, Keeson Willis, four for seven from three. So he let it fly a little bit more, um, which was good to see. Um, Mangum hit that three in regulation, right? Or or was that Bullock? It was Bullock, because um, I remember tweeting Quantrey Bullock. Um, yeah. But yeah, so two for three for, for him. Um, so it's nice to see those three pointers falling. Obviously, Isaiah Crawford with the two huge ones there towards the end of regulation as well. Also, from the box score, Tech 42 points in the paint, Rice 16. Love to see that, especially when Rice has that that big, tall Max Fiedler on the roof, a.k.a. in the paint. But Tech is, uh, you know, really dominating teams inside lately, both offensively and defensively. So if we can just stop teams from hitting three-pointers on us, this will be a very good defensive team. Yeah, it was also made kind of rough early in this game by Isaiah Crawford's foul trouble. It was less than two minutes into the game. He had picked up two fouls and Tech found a way and he became important, especially in overtime. But that's not something you hope to see very often. And it was even more concerning when against UTEP this next game, he was in foul trouble early again, picking up his second foul uh, before the 12 minute mark. Sorry, before the eight minute mark in the first half. Yeah, and he ended up fouling out of that game. But why don't we why don't we jump to that game? I'll I'll handle the uh, the quick game recap here for you, Nathan. Give your voice a little break. After cold shooting to start out from both teams, Tech gradually built up to a ten point lead, uh, taking a twenty five to fifteen lead at the eight minute timeout. And at halftime, the lead was the same, uh, ten points, thirty seven to twenty seven. But at the beginning of the second half, the miners scored nine straight points to get within one. Kind of looked like Tech you know, wasn't ready to come back from halftime yet. Uh, And then they soon tied it up at 40 with 13 minutes left. Then Isaiah Crawford got to work, kicking off an 11 to one run, putting the score up by 10 again with eight minutes remaining. But UTEP wouldn't go away. They cut back into the lead, gradually chipping away uh, down one, two minutes left. So Tech has a one point lead with two minutes left. Keiston hits a three, but then UTEP hits three free throws. Um, so again, one point lead with 15 seconds left. Quandre Bullock makes a layup. UTEP answers with nine seconds left uh, with a second chance layup. So it's a one point game again. And Teron Williams gets fouled and only hits one of his free throws. 
UTEP trying to take the lead for themselves tries a three at the buzzer, but it falls short. Um, and Tech wins sixty to fifty-eight. Yeah, it was a team that wouldn't go away and kept drawing down to those one-point leads late. It, it was either it felt like the entire game was either Tech was up by ten or up by one. Uh, yeah, one or ten. No, nothing it. between. Yeah, a very <laughs> binary happy game for the Bulldogs. <laughs> well, I don't. I didn't catch this one. I'm looking at the box score. TV, so that well, <laughs> explains why. So, so nobody did. Got it. But uh, I like the ball distribution again. I mean, you got four guys in double figures. Didn't score nearly as much as they did against Rice, but I I don't see where anybody played particularly well. Kenny didn't have nearly as nice a game as he did against Rice. Uh, yeah. Some of these guys didn't put up. I mean, there's really only four guys that scored. <laughs> I mean, no one else really pitched in very much. Uh Isaiah only had set. I see he fouled out, but only yeah, he was in foul trouble this entire game. Oh my God. Only played 18 minutes. Foul out in less than half the time of the game. I mean, yeah. he only played 18 minutes and the games are 40 minutes. I mean, come on now. Well, he sounded like, well, cause he got the second foul with about nine minutes left in the first half, sat the rest of the half. Yikes. So sat out basically half the second quarter, if you want to call it that. And then, uh, Sat for a little bit near the beginning of the second half and then picked up his third, fourth, and fifth fouls between the eight-minute mark and the third-minute mark. That's horrible. This, the second half, yeah. yeah. Can't wait for him to yeah. foul out negative three seconds against UNT. Whew. Yeah, but I, I think this game was just just uglier. You know, Tech got out to those double-digit leads but couldn't add to it at all at that point and just went cold and you know, really struggled with turnovers there in that uh, in that second half, particularly Kobe had six turnovers in this game, which is very unlike him. Um, again, Crawford with only 18 minutes still had three turnovers. So, yeah, just just not a not a great performance from anybody on the Bulldogs. But they, you know, they made the defensive play at the end and got it done. Right. I mean, Bullock did OK. I mean, he had. Yeah. He had 12, yeah, 12 points, two steals, five boards. Uh, he had one one assist, but I mean, he was the most consistent performer. He he had no turnovers too, by the way. Yeah, I, I also I I love the way that he plays. Like he's the one that's going to go up and try to posterize somebody who's six inches taller than him. No, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I I just love the way that kid plays, and um, it's it's very exciting to see him grow into this role where you know he's playing twenty seven minutes in this game. Yeah. Right. He's coming off the bench, but he's playing more than three of the starters, almost four of the starters. Keiston only played 28 in this game, you know, which that's that's interesting that he only played 28 minutes in this game when he played 43 against uh, against Rice. So, I mean, in fairness, that what the gap between those games is, what, just a few days? Yeah. I mean, like one and a half days. really. Yeah, so I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I think. UTEP was able to be a lot more successful in inside the paint um, than most teams have lately. They they put up 28 compared to Tech's 32. So, but on a night where like the shots from outside just weren't really falling for either team, like you know, I guess most of the points are gonna are gonna come from in the paint. But yeah, Nathan, any other thoughts about this one? It feels good to keep our. I guess we don't have too long of a home winning streak right now in the Tech, but it felt good to go home and then play a team that we had lost to previously and yeah. take them down when they're on our home court. Uh, like you said, it's closer than it should have been, but maybe if this game had gone to overtime, Tech would have won it by 10 instead of two. Uh, just it kind of felt like that kind of game where UTEP wasn't going away, but I'm looking back on it, when it's easier to do these things in hindsight, 
it felt like if they were going to win this game, it would have been them stealing the game. Tech was kind of in control the whole way. And that's what yeah. the, the win expectancy gives you too. like UTEP's highest win expectancy was three minutes into the game. And it was only they had a 30 percent chance to win. Wow. Even when they were down two at the Even very end, at the very end, that only got in the 85, maybe 75 range percent wow. chance for tech to win. That's interesting. I wonder how they how that's calculated, but usually it's you take every team every time a game is between two teams about these rankings and the score is this at this point okay. in the game what happens. That's usually how those things are are done. Like against Rice, Tech had a 96.1% chance to win before that buzzer beater that didn't happen before a buzzer. And then immediately following it, that dropped down to 41% for Tech to win the game. So oh, wow. typically so when the team teams do fold up after that, yes. after that buzzer beater happens. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't have too much more to say about this game. It's nice to get, see some people involved. I think this, this week as a whole was <laughs> fun. It was nice to get a couple wins uh, strung in a row, especially after uh, losing four of our past six going into that game. And I really think that we need as much momentum as we can get heading up into this week of death against North Texas and UAB. Yeah. Going to be a tough week. It's North Texas first on a short week, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN Plus against the Mean Green. Tech leads the all-time series 28-15, lost both regular season matchups last season, but when it counted in the Conference USA Tournament semifinals, they took down North Texas. Uh, this year, though, it looks to be even tougher of a test as North Texas is 13-3 and and ranked number 56 in Kempom. Tech by comparison, is number 145. Uh, their best win this year came over number 104 Grand Canyon in a semi-away game. What? Not really what? sure what that means, and I'm surprised that the Grand Canyon has a university at all. It's actually yeah. located inside the Grand Canyon. Like at the bottom of it? No, at the top. It actually hovers over it. Okay. Maybe like one of the goals is down at the bottom and the other is at the top? Perhaps. Yeah. And so that explains all the low-scoring games. Oh, now you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the Mean Green have lost to number nine, St. Mary's, number 113, UNC Wilmington. And their only loss since November was at home against number 38, FAU, in what no one called, but maybe they should have, the Conference USA Game of the Century. Uh, they lost that game 50-46. to 46. Conference yeah. USA is a good basketball conference this year. Just kind of sucks that the year we're most likely to get two bids is a year that Tech isn't doing too hot. Yeah, FAU uh, down there on a tear beat UAB um, this past week too. Yeah, that I guess I guess all those years ago when we didn't hire Dusty May, our our crows are coming home to roost or whatever now. But yeah, he's he's doing a great job down there. Got the Owls ranked in the top fifty in Ken Palm. Yeah, North Texas is a tough team. Obviously, they're defensive, right? We know we know this team. We played them three times last year. We all watched that conference tournament game where uh, it was just brutally awful in terms of offense uh, for both teams. 42 to 36, I believe, was the final score. Yeah, I'm probably going to go to this game. It's about an hour drive up for me, but, you know, last time we'll be playing up in Denton at the super pit. And uh, yeah, I may, I may head up on Wednesday night to check this out, but you're not committal about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> we'll see, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. Well, you know, North Texas has to be committed to playing some excellent defense. If they're able to produce like they have so far this year, 
allowing an effective field goal percentage of 43.7. That's 13th best in the country. If you just look at their two-point shooting defense, it's 12th best. There's just a whole bunch of green on the Ken Palm page on their entire defense. A 20th best efficiency, 46th best three-point defense. Great at steals, great at turnovers. Uh, Not so great at blocks, but who cares because they're good at rebounding as well. Where they do kind of struggle is allowing the other team to get to the free throw line. So hopefully Tech is able to take advantage of that after having a pretty decent week shooting free throws and the two games that they won. Hopefully that's able to continue over too. Uh, But just because their defense is this good doesn't mean their offense isn't also kind of scary. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I think they've had some really bad offensive performances this year. But, you know, overall, when you look at them, they're in the top half or or at least in that middle third of um most categories here their adjusted efficiency is 107th in the nation they are very good at uh at getting offensive rebounds so getting those second chance points and they also don't really uh, they turn the ball over about middle of the pack but they're not from steals really so yeah i mean their offense isn't what you write about when you write about this team but they can beat you for sure. What Where they struggle, though, is in two-point shooting. They're ranked 313th in two-point percentage with a 45.4%. So, yeah, this just isn't a team that scores a lot of points, to be honest with you, because they're not great at three-point shooting either. Yeah, they take a lot of three-pointers, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but they aren't a great shooting team whatsoever, so that... I guess it's kind of par for the course, but it's the other areas where they kill you. And it's especially that defense. It should shock nobody that they are the worst or best, depending on how you look at it and what Ken Palm calls tempo. So how many possessions there are in a game, the average per game is 67.8, 68. Let's say they average 59.7. So they in their Ooh. games, there are eight or nine fewer possessions overall <laughs> than in a normal college basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I've never seen it that dark of a blue color <laughs> on Ken Pop before. It is. It's it hard is. to read the blue text on the blue box, but yeah. that is what it says. But yeah, I mean, North Texas is a team that definitely wants to beat you with defense, especially at home. They've lost the one game at home this year. I don't know how many games they would have lost at home last year. Probably probably not many. Yeah, actually, they they lost two regular season games at home last year. So, but yeah, I mean, this will be a a slugfest, I think. But, you know, who are some of the players, Nathan, that we should look out for on this team? Tyler Perry is a name you're going to hear a lot, and it will always grab your ear if you're anything like me, because you're thinking of the movie. Big Mama's House. Yeah, Yeah. director. (laughs) Extraordinary. Yeah. And it's not him, to be fair. This guy is different because his name is spelled different. And (laughs) I'm assuming it's just like a fake identity thing that. No one's ever caught up on. But yeah, Tyler Perry, five foot eleven senior. Uh, so I guess it's the last time we'll be seeing his name. No, actually, Nathan, I'm 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 Googling here, and it actually turns out that North Texas's star uh, point guard is actually the 53 year old actor Tyler Perry. Well, we knew he could act. We knew he could direct. I guess he can also play basketball. Yeah, this guy, huh? Great from the free throw line, a top 100 player when it comes to free throws. A Great three-point shooter, averaging 44% from three. That's in the top 115 in the country. Just a guy that this is who I'm scared of if I'm Tech because Tech has struggled, and I can't emphasize that enough. They have struggled at defending the three. They are in the bottom 15 at three-point defense still, and that may not change anytime soon. And so someone who can 
light it up from three. Yeah, I'm scared about the North Texas defense, but to win, they have to score points and they have to score more points than we do. And this is a guy who can absolutely do that. Oh, I'm trying to decide who I want to pick here. Does Matt have anybody? Do I do I have any anybody? Yeah. In your life. My wife, my daughter. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well that tracks. <laughs> both of them. Light of my life. Uh golly. Well, I know that we're not picked to win this one. Yeah, it looks like Ty Laura Perry uh, seems to be fairly formidable. <laughs> You'd think the actor would be Ty Lore because there's lore in the Well Tyler Perry, the actor yeah. things he's involved actor, in actor, writer, director. His real name was actually Emmett. Not mm. sure. And he's from NOLA. I don't know if you guys know that. He's from New Orleans. Uh, well, this Tyler Perry is from Fort Coffee, Oklahoma, which doesn't sound like a real place and sounds like a cover for <laughs> New Orleans. That sounds where like where you'd from. be if he was actually the actor and not. Yeah. Well, it looks like this uh, Ty Laura Perry seems to be pretty good. Great Phil. I mean, uh, field goal percentage isn't as high as Kobe's, nor are his points per game. So I feel like they should be more worried about Kobe than we should be about Tyler. Uh, great free throw percentage, uh, something I feel like the Bulldogs suck at badly. But uh, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, the alleged Tyler Perry. Be my player to watch. Easy enough. Evan, I don't think we can make it three for three. Are you afraid of the big man again this week? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm picking Abu uh, Uzman, I believe is how you say his name. Abu Uzman. Um, he is very good at everything defensively that they try to do. He's also very good at offensive boards, ranked 32nd in the nation um, in offensive rebound percentage. Uh, but you look at his stats across the board and uh, he blocks shots on 6% of uh, opponent shots. He's pretty decent at getting steals. He draws fouls a lot, so they're going to get to the line through him. Um, he's not bad at pulling down defensive boards either. You know, this this is a guy that's going to be their sort of stalwart in the middle. And, you know, North Texas doesn't allow a lot of points to be scored, let alone points in the paint. So if Tech's going to try to you know, Tech's bread and butter this year has been beating teams inside. Abu Uzman's the guy you're going to have to beat if you want to play our game this week. Um, I'll also mention Kai Huntsbury, who plays a lot of their minutes. Uh, maybe not a name that we're super familiar with, but he plays about 77% of their minutes at both the two and the three. So rotating with Tyler Perry um, there at the two. But he's a very versatile player and, uh, you know, pretty decent offensively too. So if he can get going, you know, then Tech's going to be in trouble because this is not a game we're going to win like 78 to 77, right? This is not an overtime 88 to 82 win like it was last week against Rice. This maybe is, if there's like four or five overtimes. <laughs> maybe, maybe then it might get that high. But yeah, th- this is a, this is a, you know, knockdown drag out fight. I think, you know, that's the only way we're going to win it anyway. So um, I think Abu Uzman and Kai Huntsbury are the, are the two main players uh, to look out for. And worst case, we lose to them this week. We lose to them again in February, and then we beat them again in the semifinals. So, I mean, I'll take that deal again. I'll take it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what the computer bowls are predicting, because all three of them predict a pretty lopsided win by the Mean Green. Massey gives Tech a 32% chance to win with a final score predicted of 61 to 66. ESPN BPI gives Tech a 20.1% chance to win, and Ken Palm is the least favorable of the bunch. 17% 17% chance to win with a final score predicted of 67 to 57 North Texas. Uh, hmm. Well, uh, are we predicting? Yep. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bulldogs win by 20. <laughs> it keeps working. 
<laughs> let it roll. Don't, don't stop, Matt. Keep going. <laughs> if we let win it this ride. game by 20, I will act such a fool <laughs> in in the super pit. Oh, oh man. Sonoy, gird your house, friend. Yeah, hope hope to see some of our North Texas uh, friends out there on Wednesday night. And hope we beat um, their ass. Yeah, I I uh, I don't think we're going to win by 20. Sorry, Matt. But, um, oh. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting to me that they that Ken Palm thinks that and all these predictions think the score is going to be in the 60s. I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, even our UTEP game was 60 to 58 just now. So I know tech hasn't been playing as strong a defense as we all kind of expected. But, you know, the um, you know, we we force turnovers at a high rate. You know, our two our two point defense is okay. It's not terrible. And North Texas doesn't shoot the three like particularly well. So I don't think it's gonna be high scoring. I think it's maybe like fifty-five to forty-nine North Texas wins. That's that's what I'm thinking. Like an ugly game that I'm like, why did I drive an hour to get here for? Put more miles on your car than there will be points on the scoreboard. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're forgetting that the last time these two teams played, it was 42 to 36. And Tech has only added a larger point of emphasis on defense. And so I don't think it'll be quite that bad as a 42 to 36 game. But I do think the first team to 50 wins. And I think it'll be like 52 to 45. And I think that's going to be North Texas winning. Yeah. But then we play UAB, a much easier team, right? Uh. Uh, defensively, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> UAB is very good this year. Um, obviously, they they have That's the been nicest sort of, thing we'll ever say about them. Yeah, they they've been sort of the talk of Conference USA until this past week. Um, the game is Saturday, three p.m. on Stadium. UAB leads the all-time series eleven to nine after sweeping the three-game set last season, including that heartbreaking Conference USA championship game. Um, so far this year, the Blazers are 12 and four ranked 63rd in Ken Palm before this past weekend. I'm sure they were a lot higher. Uh, their, their best win was over number 93, Georgia coached by Mike White. Um, and their worst loss was yesterday as we record this at number 240 FIU in overtime. Um, Yikes. yeah, let's just say UAB did not have a very good trip down to Florida and lost by two to FIU. Yep. Wow. They just, God, you guys yep. suck. <laughs> yeah really really exciting game there i actually turned on at halftime of our game on thursday against rice i turned on the uab fau game and watched the end of that that was that was an exciting finish also very disappointing to see basically every school except north texas and uab that's going to the american instead of us has like a high school gym as their fucking basketball stadium it's cool, but, bro. it was all about the brand so, yeah uh Anyway, yeah, so not a great weekend for UAB. I'm guessing they're going to come out hot against uh, Tech and and try to upset us on our own floor, just like they did last year. And we're not located in Florida, so it, we're not. we won't have the Florida man advantage. <laughs> yeah, UAB is an interesting team. I think we'll have quite a bit of whiplash coming from North Texas, which, like I said, they're what Ken Palm calls adjusted tempo or just how many possessions per game there are. North Texas is last, so the fewest possessions per game. UAB is the eighth most. My neck yeah. hurts already. <laughs> God, I can't even, like, I'm guessing they study film for both opponents, like, early in the week. It's got to be wild this week. Just, like, <laughs> trying to be on that scout team for, for North Texas and then be on the scout team for UAB when you're playing, you know. 
Oh man, practice is going to be weird this week for sure. But um, yeah, the yeah, average you, UAV possession length is less than 15 seconds. That's, that's third. That's the third shortest. shortest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, UAB, as you can tell, like they they want to get down and shoot the ball because they're pretty good at shooting the ball. Turns out, right? I mean, uh, last I checked, Jelly Walker was the uh, was the top scoring player in college basketball. I, I don't know if he still is. Well, he's forty seven yeah, years old and still in college. I mean, he's been there since mom. <laughs> he's been there since he was a fruit. Fucking. <laughs> It's just a bunch of grapes when he yeah. got there. And now yeah, he's he's a full-blown preservative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he was grapes crawling before. Now, now, now he's jelly walker. <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing I've heard on this podcast ever. Grapes walking. Grapes crawling. Now he's jelly walking. I was trying to figure out a way to get the grapes of wrath in there, but really no point, I guess. Oh fuck! <laughs> I can just be angry. Grapes. <laughs> yeah, he's third ranked most points per game right now in college oh, basketball. Wow, okay. But yeah, I mean to jump into UAB a little bit, you know, after our really stupid jokes that now Nathan has to leave in. Um, <laughs> Act like I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Act I, like no, I, I wasn't. I knew you were going to leave that in. Yeah, I mean, if you look at at UAB on the Ken Palm, you know, chart here for offense it's all green right it's effective field goal percentage is 89th in the nation uh turnover they don't turn the ball over a lot 126 so still in the the top third there of teams their adjusted efficiency is 28th in the nation they get to the line pretty well 39th in the nation at uh free throw attempts per field goal attempt so they're good at three-point shooting, 68th in the nation, good at two-point shooting. Their free throw percentage is good. I mean, they just make shots, right? That's that's kind of what they do. Yeah, and defensively, it's pretty much the same. They are above average, but not otherworldly in a lot of categories. Forcing bad shots, their effective field goal percentage is 99th ranked, around the same in two-point percentage allowed, three-point percentage allowed, I mean, free throw percentage allowed, which tells you nothing because you can't really defend a free throw, but... They aren't bad at that either. Uh, they get blocks. They get steals. They are able to get turnovers as well. The one weakness I really think anywhere on this team, it's getting defensive rebounds. They allow the other team to get an offensive rebound uh, quite a bit more than what they probably should. Since they're such a great offensive rebounding team, it's odd that it doesn't translate to the defensive side of the ball. And that may be the key for Tech is hoping that they kind of have a little bit of an off night, but also getting those second chance opportunities and making the most of them. Yeah, I mean, UAB is is scoring third best in the nation, 86.6 points per game. Also, uh, just because these stats are right next to each other on the um, NCAA stats website, North Texas's scoring defense is also third in the nation, 52.9. So we're going from the third-ranked defense to the third-ranked offense in terms of pure scoring. So yeah, I, I think this is... Man, this is a tough week. Like, who scheduled this? Whose idea was this? I blame Judy. Yeah. I've given her a lot of leeway on a lot of the other Conference USA decisions that have happened over the years, but this is the final straw. Sure, this is what broke the camel's back. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure why I had a camel to begin with, but its back is broken and it's her fault. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, we've said his name already, but besides Jelly Walker, since, again, number three in points scored per game in college basketball, Evan, is there anyone else to watch on this team? I'm sorry. Groups, groups <laughs> <crawling>. <laughs> uh, 
laugh at your own material. I know, I know. You're gonna you're gonna go back and make sure to listen to this week's show when it comes out, just so you can hear hey, you I tell listen, that very I good joke. I listened to the show. I listened to the show. I'm interested to see how Tech handles Trey Jemison this year. Once, um, you know, now that his his father Kenneth Lofton Jr. is no longer on our team. Um, <laughs> Jemison was not that effective last year in, in any of the three games. If I'm remembering correctly, I guess somebody call me out if I'm wrong, but, uh, but he's been very good so far this year as he normally is. He's very good, um, on the blocks, you know, rebounding, uh, 61st in offensive rebound percentage, 69th nice in defensive rebound percentage. He does not turn over the ball a lot. He gets a lot of blocks. I mean, this is the guy inside. I'm I look. That's just my MO this season. I'm picking the guy inside because we don't have that obvious post-up player like we've had the last two years. So um, Trey Jemison, I'm interested to see if like this can finally be his time to like destroy tech like he seems to want to do, but has not really has not really been able to the past few years. Yeah, Matt, do you have anyone that looks to make an impact in this game? Sure. I'm going to go with Grapes Crawling, uh, the former Grapes Crawling. Now, uh jelly walker yeah he's evolved it's this is either his second or third and by the time he evolution. retires from his 40 year stint at uab he'll be preservative uh immobile uh that was me attempting to take over evan's joke hey i st- i was still laughing man uh, uh yeah grapes crawling it's uh <laughs> so stupid uh yeah jelly walker for sure i mean we know the history here he's averaging close to 24 points a game He's a great player. Yeah. And he's in, got a, in college. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And he's got a history against tech. He's had a lot of big time shots. He's a great player. So that that's gotta be the guy. Yeah. I'm going to continue picking the three point shooters just because that is really what terrifies me. Grapes crawling. I guess we're just calling him now. Uh, has been pretty good from three point land so far this year, but the only player that's been better is Eric Gaines. Number four playing a lot of the one, so he'll be in possession of the ball a lot, so you'll probably see his name called a lot just based on that, but he's also 41% from three. That's the top 250 in college basketball. Jeez. Creates quite a few assists as well. Not a guy that, if you play this game 10 times, I don't think he has a huge impact in all of them, but if past his example, Tech gets very unlucky against some very good three-point shooters sometimes, and I think this may be his night to go off um, since he has in the past. The good news is that UAB doesn't, shoot the three-point too often. They're on the bottom 50 in terms of how often they shoot three-pointers compared to two-pointers. But against Tech, with a horrible three-point defense, they may just choose to try that more often uh, rather than try to have Jemison battle against either uh, Kenny Hunter or Will Allen down low. So, again, that's who I have my eye on in this one is Eric Gaines. Yeah, Eric Gaines, uh, first year at UAB, um, he was at LSU before. So we actually played him last year as well he didn't do anything too impressive last year i think he hit one three-pointer so um in that game in shreveport yeah he had he had a two-pointer and hit five foul shots okay yeah Shreveport. so seven points seven points four steals though jesus so now we got to predict this one yeah let's get some help ken palm gives us a 33 percent chance to win this game 81 to 76 uab predicted ESPN BPI around the same 35.5% chance to win. And Massey continues to be the most optimistic. I guess they weren't in the North Texas prediction, but they were last week. Uh, They give us a 49% chance to win, so nearly a coin flip. But they give UAB the advantage with a 76-75 to final score predicted. Another game we're predicted to lose. Matt, do you also think we win this one by 20? Are you asking me to give my prediction? Yes. Tech wins by 20. 
Okay, great. I'm glad we consulted. Love it. Oh, man. UAB's offense is very good. Tech's defense, not so good. Tech's offense, very good. UAB's defense, also very good. So I'm going to have to say UAB wins this one. You know, I think we're going to lose this one by seven. I would say double digits, but it's it's at home. So I think we'll we'll keep it respectable. So I'll say like 85 to 78. Okay. I think it's two losses this week. Going 2-0, oh, fuck the haters. 40-point uh, game differential. Absolutely. If not significantly more. Okay, well, I think that UAB drops 100 on us. Ooh, wow. wow, UAB. It will be the third time this season that they have. I mean, that's including Alabama State and apparently my parents' alma mater, Rhodes College. What? Uh, oh, wow. they, <laughs> they dropped 100 on each. Uh, Shout out Mr. and Mrs. Ruppel. Yeah, Rhodes that's College, out. a Division three school last time I checked. You think they drop 100? I mean, I mean, we need Kane McGuire in here to tell us when the last time that happened was in a conference game. Or at all. I, I think it's just whiplash. I think that I've said that term a lot, but I really think that tech going from a a bruising game against North Texas, a game that's going to be frustrating. You'll spend a lot of energy not to score a lot of points. And then two days later, play this UAB team that wants to run up and down the court. Tech just lost a bench piece to the transfer portal. If anything goes wrong, our defense can really struggle in this one. And it just takes UAB getting hot at the right or from Tech's perspective, wrong time. And I think that they can do it. I just see us laying an egg in this game, just absolutely getting outclassed by UAB. And I hate it because I really, really, really want to beat UAB, especially at home. But I just I don't see us standing much of a chance in this game. You have to believe. Now, apparently all we need to do is have you predict that Tech will win by 20 and they'll win. So it doesn't really matter what I say. There's there a new go. shirt of the month, not suck my ass, but the new shirt of the month is uh, Tech wins by 20. Tech, Tech wins by 20. 20. Yeah, there we go. My face, which is a disappointment to many of the buyers, <laughs> if not all. So, yeah, I think I still I still think Tech's going to win. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I can definitely see them winning. I, it just depends on what scenario goes down. I'm just not thrilled about how we match up against UAB. Yeah, me either. And, and especially, like you said, with that with that whiplash, I think it's just a really tough week. Yeah, and it wasn't a great week this week for the Lady Texters either. They weren't able to go 2-0. Instead, they lost their game to UTEP, ending the week going 1-1 one one with a win over Rice and then that loss on the road in El Paso. Um, you know, Rice, a, a pretty decent program in terms of their um, their recent success in women's basketball, but Tech was able to uh, hold them off 79-74. to um, I believe Anwar Roberson is out right now with a broken finger on her uh, dominant hand, so... Hopefully she can get back soon, but pretty nice to see the Texters beating a quality opponent without their leading scorer. Um, Keanu Walker with 26 points in this game to go along with seven boards. So yeah, good, good game all around here from tech. And yeah, just, just kind of kept the lead for most of the game and, you know, didn't let rice catch all the way back up. Yeah. Sadly though, they weren't able to replicate that result a couple of nights later against UTEP. Yeah. I mean, Keanu Walker again, geez, 24 points. So uh, 50 points for her in the on the weekend. Bates and Brandon again in double figures, but not enough from the bench as the Texters fall 72 to 66. You know, UTEP did a really good job spreading the ball around, had four players in double figures. Uh, Tech turned the ball over 22 times in this game against UTEP. And, you know, that's enough to, to lose you a game that's in single uh, digits. Yeah, just not enough from the bench and, and too many turnovers in this game against UTEP. 
So that puts the Texters, let's see, where where are they at now? They are they are nine and six overall and two and three in conference play. So definitely not the start we were looking for here um, out of the Texters in conference play. Yeah, especially with the high hopes we had a couple of weeks back. It's nice to have that rice win, but it still feels like there's a long way to go for the yeah. Texters to get towards that upper echelon of even Conference USA play. Yeah, and looking at their their sort of schedule here, they have alternated wins and losses since December 3rd uh, when they beat Alcorn State. So I guess if that pattern continues, they play North Texas on Wednesday night at home. North Texas is number 213 in Massey, and it gives us a 62% chance to win. Uh, then they head to to UAB on the road on Saturday at 3. UAB's number 185, and Massey gives us a 48% chance to win. A bit easier week for the Texters this week. Rice was ranked number 84 and UTEP number 122, but it's always tough to win on the road. So Yeah, but those aren't the only Lady Texters we have this week to talk about. We also have the bowling team. It's been a while. The bowling team restarted up their winter schedule this week, actually today as we record. So we won't be able to talk about the final standings because they just started. Uh, they yeah. played five matches today. The first against Mount St. Mary's that they won. The second against Newman. I guess not the high school in New Orleans. They lost that match. Then they played Tulane and won. That's important. Then they lost to Vanderbilt. They're really doing the whole thing the basketball texters are doing by going win-loss, <laughs> win-loss. And then they won their final one, continuing the trend against Prairie View A&M. That brings them to three wins and two losses. Right now, they are in fourth place in the Storm and Blue and White Classic. So it's the Storm and Blue and White Classic being held in Las Vegas, and there's no host school. So I have no idea why it's called the Storm and Blue and White. I, I thought that was going to be like the school's yeah, nickname or something. Weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tech looks like they got off to a pretty decent start here today. You know, this is our first action of the spring semester. So uh, average 201 across their five Baker matches today. So uh, tomorrow, I believe they'll they'll bowl the traditional matches. I do want to point out the fact that you said spring semester a second ago. That doesn't sound oh, right. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Sorry. I work at a semester university now. You've betrayed us. I have. Sorry. Uh, here in the like weird third week of the winter quarter when, when everything restarts again. <laughs> <laughs> that is That is the only downside to the quarter system, I think. But... I loved it. The quarter anyway. system is the reason why I graduated in four years. That's that quarter system. Yeah. Yeah. You know who will never betray us? Baby Barnes. Yeah. So this week's Tweet of the Week doesn't actually go to Jacob Barnes, Baby Barnes, but goes to Sonny Cumbie. It's been a while. I don't think we've ever given him Tweet of the Week now that I think about it. But he shares a picture of the Tech Football Field Athletic Complex looking back to campus at night saying thanks at underscore Jacob 10 underscore underscore for Jacob Barnes. He has a lot of underscores in his Twitter handle for the great aerial shot of the Joe. You get to kick field goals for LaTeX football and earn your pilot's license at the same time. It's a pretty great shot. Yeah, it's. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this tweet and what I find really funny is the reply to this tweet from a high school coach who tweets a recruit at him from his high school, I'm assuming, uh, with a, like a huddle <laughs> clip saying, hey, coach, great pick. If you're trying to add another pilot to your team, I got one in training, 4.0 GPA, and then his highlight film. Anyway, not the point. I think the picture is pretty great. Dude, but I just also found a, the reply. Great photo hilarious. of the sprawling Ruston metropolis. Before the Buckies is built. Yes, before the fuckies is built. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe Rustin, that should have been Tweet of the Week now that I think about it. Jesus coming Rustin through. Buckies, huh? Ruckies? Stop. <laughs> Buck- R- or, or Rust Eased. <laughs> the bumper ointment for Rars. I like Bucking better. sucks. It's stupid. The food sucks. Who wants 800,000 different flavors of gum? People who chew a lot of gum. The stupidest bullshit. Or 500 million different flavors of beef jerky. It's the, the dumbest bullshit in the world. We can uh, start paying our NIL people with Bucky Bucks. <laughs> Coach Cumbie, where are you taking the recruits? Oh, Bucky's. <laughs> start, start paying them in 50 million flavors of yes, beef jerky. <laughs> including the flavor beef and the flavor jerky. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or follow us on Instagram, gtpdd.dog, or go to our website, gtpdd.dog, where you can read Evan's post from a couple weeks ago, recapping the 2022 calendar year for Louisiana Tech. And you can also buy this month's Shirt of the Month, a handcheck-themed shirt and sweatshirt that you can get right now. January lasts for quite a few more days, but you can still go ahead and get it now, get it out of the way, and... Be prepared and, you know, save up for the February shirt of the month when that gets announced and released. GTPDD.dog slash shop is where you can get that. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Berkshire's Grocery Arena or well, whatever. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> you sound so happy about it. Oh, Berkshire's is a fine grocery establishment. Uh, do I think it should bear its name on the arena? No. Well, what would you name it if you could? The Matthew Gallion Memorial Coliseum. What do you name it? Memorial while you're, <laughs> you're still alive? Exactly. And I want to <laughs> unveil the statue of myself outside of it. <laughs> Are you the one like pulling the, the curtain down with you standing no, behind actually, it giving everyone the finger? it's going to be like the John Oliver episode where he pulls drape down and it's the real live Stephen Colbert on the pedestal. So you pull down the curtain and then it's also you to reveal myself. (laughs) You like quickly run behind it. The pedestal only to have them (laughs) wheel in the real bronze statue and dedicate it to myself and call it Matthew Gallon Memorial Coliseum. Two things about that. One, I'm alive. Two, it's not a Coliseum. It's an arena. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, well i guess you call it a coliseum i don't know anything is a coliseum guess, if you try hard i enough. guess it's like back in back in the old days they call everything coliseum so why not but yeah brooks's grocery arena that's fine obviously none of this is making the cut because this is completely stupid and has nothing to do with the games <laughs> but uh it's perfect for the cut i guess so I mean, pretty soon it won't be Joe A. Stadium. It'll be Bucky the Beaver Stadium. We'll just have, you know, the big old beaver head in the, uh, in the old the end The giant statue the... to rival Sam Houston statue of the yes. Bucky. It both will be shorter than the Matt Gallion statue. Of course, that one's going to be the size of Outside. Kim Jong-un's uh, father, grandfather <laughs> in North Korea. Christ the Redeemer statue in okay, <laughs> South America. I'm not comfortable with that, but <laughs> Matt's statue is going to be seen from space. Because <laughs> it's going to be horizontal, <laughs> laying on the ground, so you can actually <laughs> see it. Hell yeah. Hubble uh... <laughs> <Humble> telescope. <laughs> Just the entire 
<laughs> the city of Bozier is replaced. Well, it's life size, no, no, not life size. Ego size. Ego size. Ego size. Oh no! Expanding to the Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> oh, if it was life size, it'd be five foot eight and pudgy. <laughs> <laughs>